keeping you up to date with the latest in Texas Tech sports. This is the Ask Level Podcast, brought to you by Double T 97.3. Episode number 14 of the Ask Level Podcast. Welcome in. Alongside Chris Level, I'm Choice Woodman. Here powered by Double T 97.3. Regular season complete for Texas Tech football. A 7-5 and record after the Red Raiders take out the Oklahoma Sooners 51-48 in overtime level. Third overtime game this season. All three have gone the way of the Red Raiders. Have you come down from that one yet? Well, there's, you know, I always say that, you know, there's different uh, feelings after a season is over. Like there's, depending on what your record is, there, there are different, ways that a six and six record can feel or a seven and five record or an eight and four record there. I remember back in the the Mike years, there were some eight and four seasons where there wasn't a lot of uh, tangible substance there. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you didn't beat anybody of, of, of note or, you know, wh- wh- whatever it may be, but this is a very different feeling seven and five. Uh, it's a very satisfying uh, seven and five uh, season with uh, some teeth to it. And yep. yeah, I, I think, uh, I think beating, you know, Oklahoma and Texas for the first time ever in the same season, I think the fact that you have a winning record in the big 12, it was year one and all the the injuries and, and just quarterback carousel that you, that you dealt with. Uh, yeah, it makes it – and the fact that you you won down the stretch, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and the best way I can describe this team is that you win 14-10 to 10 one week and then yeah. you win 51-48 the next. It's perfect. And it, it, yeah, that, that just kind of sums up who they are and what they're about. It's not perfect. It's not – but it's it's complimentary football. I, mean, I don't know how, how you want to describe it, but yeah. – uh, you know, the offense did just enough in one week and the defense did just enough the week before, you know, and that's, and they don't, nobody, there's no ego inside that, uh, inside that facility. Nobody cares who's getting the, the shine or the sparkle or whatever it may be. They just want to win. And ultimately that's exactly, uh, that's exactly what you got. Yeah. I, I think, uh, the complimentary football is the best way to put it. I mean, that's what Joey preached about coming in that, that we'll, be a team that feeds off of each other but uh, i think the seven and five thing is is so true think about the seven and five you had in year one under cliff kingsbury feel felt totally different because you played all your easier games up front you start out seven and oh and then go on a five game losing streak to finish the season yeah the the fact that you finished this one on a three game winning streak sure makes you feel like the, the trajectory of this program is is moving up and uh man it, it it just you're right the 7 and 5 um satisfying is a, is a good word to use for for this one now you don't get fat and happy obviously and and i i know Joey McGuire's not but uh it, it's crazy the the year that the the big 12 has had for you to come out in fourth place that that feels pretty good well, and, and you you know you're picked to to do so poorly before the season starts and pick ninth, to finish right? ninth, yeah, yeah. And then you finish uh, fourth place all by yourself. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty. Again, that's pretty satisfying. And, and again, 
What would it have looked like had Tyler Shuck been healthy all season? What would it have looked like if Cole Spencer, mm-hmm. you know, is playing uh, as a starter on that offensive line all season? I mean, sure. things like that. I mean, just we will never know. But uh, you know, you could keep going with, with everything. If Tyree Wilson would have been able to, although you did win, you've won both the games that uh, that he didn't play. Uh, so I, you know, it's just, uh, uh, yeah. And and the fact, you know, some other things, you know, you're six and one at home. That was one of the knocks on this program is absolutely over the last decade is you couldn't, you couldn't ever give the fans, uh, a show or something to be excited about. Uh, you just couldn't sustain success at home and and overwhelmingly you, you gave them as much entertainment on the dollar, this season as you could have ever hoped for because you got you mentioned that three overtime wins mm. <laughs> three uh field storming uh situations and you know against uh houston texas and then uh oklahoma mm-hmm. and ultimately you know win six of your seven home games it's just uh you know and a couple other things you know you win four one score games this season right which that's you know that, that tells knock. you, yeah, you, you you win the close ones, uh, but uh, yeah, I, but the best way I can I could just I go back to winning fourteen to ten one week and fifty one forty eight the, the next. That that that's just crazy. kind of yeah, that that just sums up who this particular team is. Like what whatever needs to step up does, and you know anyway, and and you'll I think you'll be rewarded for the way you finished here by a pretty good. Uh, bowl game and and a and a uh, a fun destination and you won't be playing at a baseball stadium i don't think or uh <laughs> yeah a game in the metroplex against uh conference usa or american type team you're going to get a power five opponent and uh, you're going to be pretty high up on the pecking order uh from a bowl standpoint so that that uh, that part's a lot of fun too yeah I, I think level just as we wrap this up and then look towards what we saw against ou um this feels i mean the feeling as a red raider fan should be the best or for me is the best i've felt about this program since i I can't i can't remember i mean i really can't put a finger on how good i felt finishing out a season um since probably sometime during the lead chair because again that you can go back to that cliff kingsbury year that felt optimistic it had an optimistic feeling and I'm talking regular season here because you felt pretty good after winning the Holiday Bowl that year. But finishing out a regular season, I I can't remember a year where I've felt this optimistic about the program. Yeah, because you you've uh, seemingly tailed off. Uh, November has not yeah. been very kind to you uh, in in many many years. And this was a team that I think you know showed uh, showed you that it improved as the season went along or yep. got better. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, other than the Baylor game, you, you really weren't ever out of any game at all. You know, that's sure. the other thing. There was not – and in that one is just a case of, yeah, Baylor was better than you that night, and it doesn't help when you turn the ball over as many times as you did with the, the five interceptions. But sure. uh, but th- th- that's the other thing, as I think even you go back to look at the uh, game in Stillwater, the game in Fort Worth. I mean, if, if you're if you're quarterback and Baron Morton in that case, in both of those games, if he stays healthy, I think you you you, you like your chances of being able to to finish that uh, with with a lead or right in the game until you know in the fourth quarter. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just uh, I just you, you know it, it sounds cliche, but man, the, the, these kids just kept playing. They didn't quit. They kept fighting. I mean, and, and here here's a great here's a great 
little microcosm to kind of like glean from last night is that <clears throat> it's second and two mm-hmm. with about a little over three minutes left in the first half. I think three ten and or three maybe three thirteen somewhere around in there. You're down twenty four to six. You're down eighteen points. Yep. And there's three three minutes and change left in the first half. It's second down. And you end up going to the locker room from that standpoint. You go to the locker room down 24 to 23. You score 17 points in, um, you know, in, in a very short, you know, three-minute span. And it just – that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable to see how you have that fight and that fire, but you can put it into motion too. I, I mean, yeah. you, you can have the want to all you want, but this team – does have the ability and they, and they put that into work several times this year, but that one in particular on the OU game where you score the 17 points in the three minute span yeah. is, is something well, that, that that's what allowed you to, to, yeah, that's what allowed you to be in a position because I mean, it's 17 to nothing, then it's 24 to six. Yep. And you're thinking, and, and you've, you're just out of sorts, uh, yeah. You know, uh, penalties, uh, a mistimed snap, uh, just just some different things. You just don't can't get anything going on offense. And meanwhile, Oklahoma is just just rolling through you. Um, and and they make no mistake. I mean, that that's uh, Marvin Mims could play for anybody in the in the Big Twelve. Uh, sure. Eric Gray could play for anybody in the Big Twelve. Uh, they've got they've got a few dudes over there that are just better than most, uh, and they're they'll play at the next level because of it. Uh, but uh, you know, it just, yeah, there was a few defensive busts too that we had not seen a lot of, but it's like, man, don't, don't, don't not know where number 17 is uh, for Oklahoma. He might be a guy you want to, you want to cover. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but so j- just to, to deal with all of that and kind of, you know, sort through all that and get it, get it corrected, uh, pr- pretty fun to watch, man, and pretty satisfying, yeah, uh, as well. The 17 to nothing, the 24 to 6 deficits, and we can sit here and, and say it over and over, but how many years in the past are you probably seeing a team lay down and lose by 30-plus points? I mean, we've seen that that story oh, yeah. so many times in the last decade well, where you 20, get off to bad starts and it, it just continues to be a bad game. 20 to nothing at NC State, you're down. Yeah. yeah. And then you, 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 you come uh, most of the way back there before it, it, it gets uh, out of hand very late. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think it's a credit to Joey and his staff, man, and yeah. Tim and Zach and just all, all those all those people that he's got over there. But, yeah, Joey just got – he's got a way of tapping into those guys and, like, they just don't – they don't give in. They keep grinding, and it's a culture thing, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of kids that care, you know. I mean, so it uh, – yeah, it just, you know, 14 to 10 and 51-48, man. I mean, just it's like because we because we saw. I mean, you you put up and you give up nearly 700 yards of offense mm-hmm. and still win. Uh, and but you know you you had as much offense uh, in the first half last night as you did in the entire game last week. It seemed like you know, but that's what it took. Well, I think I, mean, that, I that's, think that's you the had. To... I think the stat was you had 265 yards in the second quarter okay. against OU. And you had 246 total in the game against Iowa yeah, State. There you go. And and the the ability to be that kind of chameleon team where you mm-hmm. can blend to your environment, so to speak, is is I think uh, a in, sign of a good team. Yeah, an, an attribute yeah. to coaching of one that hey you'll adapt to 
what you have to do to win a football game. And yeah. Tech did a great job of that both of the last two weeks. So uh, getting the W against OU, and and now it is bowl time. You get to uh, head to one of those destinations and play an ACC or an SEC team or, or where most of the projections are going to have you this week is, is in the uh, Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando or the Texas Bowl in Houston. Most of them will – We'll have you in one of those two spots and and level I guess it, that's going to depend on what happens with TCU next Saturday in the in the Big 12 championship right because it, it'll matter everybody kind of gets knocked down a spot if Kansas State happens to take out TCU or help me with this does Kansas State automatically get that Sugar Bowl bid and then TCU so would get at large for you- yeah, you're saying if if Kansas State wins that game, yeah, yeah. So, that, so if Kansas State, if Kansas, but, but bottom line is, those two programs are both going to be in the in the high pecking order. Okay, win or lose, like either TC goes to the playoff, and then I think Kansas State fills the automatic spot in in the, the Sugar Bowl. I believe the Sugar Bowl, yeah. and if and if Kansas State wins, they get that slot, and then TCU would be picked uh, as an at large. But in the New Year's Six Bowls, yeah, in the New Year's Six Bowls, yeah. And there's some thought that TCU win or lose, they're going to make it to the playoff anyway. So, um, so so basically, yeah. Then 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 Texas will go to the Alamo uh, Bowl is the is the the thinking, and then I think Orlando picks next, and you're you're sitting there at fourth, and you've got a better record than. Than uh, Big Twelve uh, wise and, and and others, you know. So I, mean, I think it kind of points you to to Orlando against maybe the loser of the ACC title game, whether it be Clemson or North Carolina. Uh, that's kind of the thinking that is out there. There's a yeah. variety of things that could change and backdoor deals and all that, but there's nothing that suggests that Oklahoma State or Baylor, based on the way that they finish their seasons. Because mm-hmm. you're hot. That's the thing. You've got an excited fan base. You've sure. won. You're you're hot. Uh, and I, I don't think Alamo would pick you over Texas, even though you have a head-to-head win. They have more wins. They finish somewhat strong, too, winning a few games here right. at the tail end and all that. But I, it really just points to Orlando on December the 29th uh, against the the loser of the ACC title game. It's just – so that that that's really where the the heavy favorite would be from a bowl standpoint, and that's sure. a it's the Cheez It Bowl. That's a that's a fun game, and mm-hmm. it's a warm climate, and uh, it'd be a fun trip for those kids if that's what ends up uh, happening. I think you'd have a lot of Red Raider fans that'd be plenty happy with with the Orlando Bowl. Maybe not for travel. I mean, may, maybe there's some that could get to the Houston game a little easier, but in terms of destination, people that are those people that go to the bowl game wherever it is. Every yeah. year, I think Orlando would be a nice welcome site because you haven't been there since so too, right? Twenty years. Uh, yeah, I'm in the Tangerine Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's against which Clemson. is technically this this bowl game. I mean, it's I mean, yeah. changed names and, ten. And times. I think that one was before, uh, slightly before Christmas. Uh, I want to say it was actually played yeah. before Christmas. It was on right. maybe like the December twenty third. Yeah, yep. that's right. I, I remember that was the first bowl game I ever attended. And I okay. Was, 12 years old, got to see Cliff Kingsbury direct the band. And that one was pretty satisfying because of, uh, I remember riding to the game level on a bus, parked somewhere and rode on a bus over to the game. And there's a lot, I mean, South Carolina's right there. So there's a lot of Clemson fans on the bus and they were just 
talking the mess and he, he they were very confident they were gonna wipe the floor with texas tech that day but the the tables turned and it went the other direction so that was a fun one um would love to see something like that about a month from now when you play in uh late december but most likely your your bowl site will get those officially yeah when's the last time you thought about uh, charlie whitehurst and tommy bowden <laughs> it's been a little bit it's yeah. been a little bit but uh, yeah i mean old, old tommy bowden on over there on the sideline and uh, charlie whitehurst i think was that uh was yeah. the quarterback at man the time. he was running from for his life in that game was it uh aaron hunt i believe that was in the backfield yeah. the whole whole game man that was some good and, memories and, and i believe cliff kingsbury would climb the ladder after the game and direct the band directed the band absolutely yeah, that's right he went yeah. kind of he went peyton manning on everybody yeah that was a lot of fun uh, yeah that's i think right, that's aaron right. i want to say aaron hunt got a carry in that game as well yeah. <laughs> like uh old hutchings got i don't think yeah I, I mean and that that was uh that was a lot of fun watching uh big big jalen get get his carry and uh you know former running back in high school and yeah uh just yeah i i, I love the way back on uh, the game versus oklahoma uh-huh. i really love the different variations it was as much as we'd seen it all season mm-hmm. but it was a lot of different variations of the donovan yes. smith stuff and uh, throwing it to him, decoying with him, having him be the lead blocker. I mean, you, you kind of saw a variety of it with a two-back set. And I thought, you know, there was clearly all kinds of things they could do out of that uh, that particular personnel package. And some of that had to do with no Mason Tharp. So you were really light on tight ends last night. Sure. Really only really only Baylor Cup is who mm-hmm. you felt comfortable with in, in the game. And so – you 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 had to, to morph and, and tweak some different stuff, but I, I just thought uh, I thought Zach did a really good job of using Donovan in a variety of different ways. And you know, Tech had some issues with blown coverages, but Oklahoma just did not cover Donovan Smith not on that uh, out of the yeah. backfield uh, at all um, on on the one uh, on the one touchdown reception. He's just standing over there wide open. Is there any possibility? I know there's a lot of people that think there's no way you could have all three quarterbacks back next year, and and that's probably true. Is there any possibility that Donovan Smith would turn into a, a Taysom Hill type of player? I, I don't want to rule anything like that out. I think whenever he was recruited here, there was the thought, hey, we're going to let him try out quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he's a good enough athlete to where he can do a variety of different things for uh, for a football team. And whether it's a role like that, whether it is as a tight end or a receiver or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, I think there, there's some different things that he could certainly do. And he's such a good teammate. You know, I, I, think, the so one criti- yeah. I think the one criticism of him is that he, he has a harder time with decision-making. I think that the turnovers uh, for him are maybe a bigger problem with him than, 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 than the other two. And uh, that you could just tell the game hasn't really slowed down for him. He's kind of, you know, he, he just kind of in slow motion at times back there as he's kind of trying to to decide whether to pull the trigger or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, there's so many things he can do. The ultimately the decision it will come down to: Does he want to stay here and be a part of this team and and do whatever it may mm-hmm. be it will be asked of him, i.e., different positions or kind of like a utility type role, or does he just want to go be a quarterback somewhere? Because somebody will give him that opportunity if that's what he wants to do. Sure, and, and I. I I, you know, we, we all know his dad so well, who's the current running backs coach at uh, the Giants, DeAndre Smith. And, yep. you know, that, that'll, that may come down to what, what dad thinks is best for him. You know, I, I right. really don't know what to tell you. My, my thing is with the quarterback scenario, 
if you can just figure out a way to keep two of these three and then come back, okay, next year, and then mm-hmm. add Jake Strong to that. So if you can have at least two of the three come back, I, I think you're in a really good spot. Um, and Strong is the four star from yeah, he's the Northwest. he's the he he would be the signee, yeah, the freshman. Yeah. And and again, he he won't be anywhere near ready. Sure. Uh, but uh, I just you know I I don't know what that what that looks like because people have asked about Tyler. You know, I don't think he wants to transfer anywhere. I really don't. Uh, I, I could be wrong. I just don't think he wants to start all over and and, and do this again. Uh, I, and, and I think his choice is either stay here or or take it to the next level. I don't know what kind of grade he yeah. will get or has or whatever. Uh, there's some NFL interest in him. I just don't know if it's enough to make him, uh, you know, what his grade technically would be or, or do they want to see him, you know, uh, put another year on tape and see if he can stay healthy and all those different things. I right. Know, and and but... since he's getting older, the question is, okay, if he gets a, you know, fifth round type of grade, does he want to go ahead and take that yeah, now versus yeah. hanging so, another year in college? Back to the original question. I, I don't, I don't think that Donovan would be, you know, opposed to that, but I, I don't know. That's more of a, his and a family decision sure. kind of thing and, and, a, and a Texas tech decision as well. But I just, He's so well liked and so bought in, and so that I mean, if if you could figure out a way to keep him, whatever capacity it is, I think you're better for it. And I would love so much to see him in a Swiss Army knife type of role where he's yeah. just a do it all guy. And you're right, I, I don't know that there's a better teammate on this team than than Donovan Smith or a more liked guy than Donovan Smith. But um, it is his decision, and and you totally understand what he decides to do. Um, but it's it's a good problem to have if you're your Texas Tech. You got so many options there at the the quarterback position, and and some of that'll some of that'll play out in the coming weeks on what guys are going to want to do and decide sure. and all these different things. And it, it'll be a uh, an interesting next couple of weeks on hey, you know this is this is it for me, or I'm going to come back, or I'm going to go to the portal, or in Texas Tech we'll be like hey, we're going to have this guy from the portal. I mean all all that stuff starts to play out here in the, in the coming days, as we're, as we're seeing around the country, mm-hmm. the coaching carousel went from zero to 60 sure did. nearly overnight because mm-hmm. of the early signing period, you, you have, you have deals getting done and then basically being announced. It's not like, Hey, yeah, we're going to interview some people. We're going to bring these right. people in. No, it's like, okay, here's what's happening. You know, as far as, um, you know, like here's our next head coach, you know, that yeah. kind of thing, which uh, is, is going to affect Cincinnati. Uh, we, we see a former, you know, Big 12 coach and Matt Rule going to uh, Nebraska. You know, obviously Luke Fickle, uh, all signs point to uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin. I mean, yep. by the time you hear this, uh, he has already officially been named as the Wisconsin head coach and on and on it goes. I mean, you know, so Auburn's still looking for somebody at this point. Colorado is too. Probably should stop talking about these kinds of things because depending on what you <laughs> listen to it, it could have changed a million times. But true. But point point is a lot of that activity and portal activity and return or go or whatever it may be all plays out here pretty quickly. And uh, I know we were talking quarterbacks, but yeah, there's a whole big picture conversation. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much going on in the world of college football as the the regular season comes to a close. And and we'll get into a lot of that in next week's episode with um, well, of course, bowl game and, and whoever's going where who's announcing for draft or, or, I mean, we'll, we'll get into plenty of that, but kind of shifting gears here and we'll get to a few questions to close it down. Basketball. Uh, obviously we're we're into basketball season now 
Uh, Red Raiders trip to Maui didn't go quite as planned. We talked about two and one probably being a success. You end up going one and two and losing in a in a consolation game to to Ohio State. What do you feel like? What are your feelings walking away from that tournament and and the finish of one and two? Well, I I think uh, I, I think you see some some positives, but you also see like you know a lot of flaws. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think you know you knew that would be the case whenever you go against uh, better competition. I, I think the the hard thing is you don't even. I mean, technically, you know, I'm not even sure how good you feel about the one win you had because Louisville yeah. is a mess. Hey, I mean, just an bad. absolute <laughs> mess. And, and I, I'm afraid that they're going to go on to continue to be much of a mess. And so you're not going to get a lot of rub from, from that win no. uh, on your resume. And the problem really choice is that as you look at your resume and trying to build it for the tournament, you really don't have another chance to, to add to that in the non-conference uh, up until you play, you know, LSU in late January. Yeah. Uh, because Georgetown, who is your next game, uh, which will be this week, you know, they're four and three. They're not very good. They're picked to basically finish last in the Big East Conference. And they just snapped, a, what was it, a 20 or 21 game losing streak earlier this year. Yep. Uh, dating back to last season. So they're not going to help you much. And you'd be expected to win that game by by quite a bit at home. And so there's just not that many more opportunities to, to impress. And so you're going to get dropped in the big 12 conference, which is going to be brutal. I mean, it, it is, it, we say it every year and it's sure. going to be a night in night out. And I'm afraid what, what, what concerns me is that it's, it's a process with the, with the young and new team. I just, you, you, your concern is that there's going to be some of these nights where these freshmen are overwhelmed in these road environments, you know, and I don't know Then we'll see. I just don't know if you're going to be good enough to, to, you know, be able to win all your home games. I just don't know if I see it yet. And granted, you go back to last year, you you weren't you weren't what you were until early January when kind of True. the light the light flipped on. Uh, but that team was much older, much more experienced, and they had a leader in Bryson Williams. I don't know who that individual is. And you, for the most part, you were healthy last year. Fardaz mm-hmm. Amac is not healthy, and I don't know when. You could expect to see him. And again, that'll be a process, even if he does suit up and go through warmups and all that, what, what you need him to be, it could be weeks and weeks away, even when he does finally suit up just because he's been rolling around on that scooter for months now and it's basketball shape and foot injuries for big people. And it's just, it's a bad, it's a bad combo. So uh, well, maybe anyway. he's the spark you need uh, well, at, maybe, when he does but, come back, but it's again, it could be a yeah, I just wild be down I'm, the road. Yeah, just don't expect too much too soon. Uh, yeah, from him. he's yeah. not some savior, it's just too much to ask. Uh, uh, without much time to kind of knock the rust off and kind of work your way in. I mean, ideally, you know, he would be healthy right now and he'd get plenty of these games to kind of get into the groove and get in shape and all that, but I mean, that's. Uh, that that's not that's not gonna be the case so uh, you know again I, I think probably a, a semi-frustrating trip to Maui I guess as, as you look at it but uh, you know I, I the first game went about as I would expect it and I think if you rebound the ball better and you you know because th- there's some things that this for this team to be any good this is what they've got to do okay and when it doesn't happen they're not going to be they're not going to be what you need them to be against good teams You've got to shoot the three better. 
Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- there's got to be seven to 10 makes a game on average for this team to, you know, because I loved what Pop Isaacs did. I mm-hmm. thought that True. Lamar Washington was a mixed bag. I thought Elijah Fisher was a mixed bag. Robert Jennings was a mixed bag. Kerwin Walton and Demorian Williams have been kind of uh, MIA a little yep. bit. Uh, but Bacho and, and Harmon give you everything they can. I think that a concern is like a guy like Kevin O'Banner. I think he has, I think this is right, just 13 total rebounds or 13 defensive rebounds total in Maui, total. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy that was double-double yep. in these all these tournament games. And like, so he's got to, he's got to give you that every night. This is just the way this thing is built. Uh, so, you know, I mean, as you just kind of look at the roster, there's certain guys that just have to give you something. And Jalen Tyson, I think, uh, again, he's he's maybe your most talented guy, mm-hmm. but he's young and still figuring it out, too. He had, he doesn't have a ton of experience in college at all. I mean, barely played at the first semester in Austin, set out last year, and now he's, he's just figuring out the college game now into his, what, sixth or seventh game or whatever it is. So, uh uh, but he he's got to score more for you too, in my opinion. But the the three point shot and rebounding better, though those are just things that simply have to happen. And and, I, and I'll say this too before we transition, people are figuring out Mark's side defense. You know, it's been around for now three to five seasons. You know, like you mm-hmm. know, and, and people have had plenty of time to practice against it. Other people are running it, so you're not just like. And there maybe needs to be some adjustments made there. You know, on on kind of how you do things because teams are starting to figure out how to, how to beat it a bit. And you got killed by Ohio state in the corner. Yep. You know, and that's kind of by design. I mean, Mark, Mark wants those, they're, they're not in the middle. They keep them on the side. But when you have guys that uh, when you have guys that can just bombs away from three, man, they're getting open looks, look out. No doubt. Um, Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into basketball quite a bit as, as the, season rolls along but you kind of have this period of december uh coming up where it's mostly try to get yourself right before conference play and uh maui's the learning experience now can you make adjustments off of that and and try to better yourself before the absolute gauntlet of uh big 12 conference play a few questions uh, and then we'll put a bow on this one level we'll start off with uh one from sam he says, does Matt Rule poach any Texas Tech assistants now that he's the Nebraska head man? Well, most of the guys that are in Lubbock are really tied to Joey and not Matt Rule. Um, okay. you know, and I, you know, I, I don't I I don't want to be naive and suggest that nobody it's not just Matt Rule, but like a lot of times you just have coaches poached. That's just the business. If guys yes. have a chance to move up and you know, whatever, then, then this is what happens. It would be naive to think that you could just bring your, your whole staff intact back. That rarely happens, whether it's, you know, more money or closer to home or uh, uh, an elevation from a position coach to a coordinator, whatever it may be. Uh, but I, I don't think there's any, you know, impending threat for Matt Roll taking somebody from Joey's staff. No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, this question from Mark. It says, level with Patrick Ewing coming to town this week, do you still get starstruck when you see some of these guys <laughs> up close? Yeah, I mean, Patrick Ewing will be a, a guy that I grew up watching for the Knicks and obviously Georgetown way back in the day, and that'll be fun to kind of 
see him and, and and all that. He's he's was a longtime NBA assistant before he got this uh, this opportunity to uh, to to coach as at his alma mater. But yeah, there's a few guys that I would say that like it's pretty cool to. Yeah. I don't typically get starstruck. You just around it so much, or you just mm-hmm. see different, you know, people. And I mean, I, I was like that with Dennis Rodman. I, I was that that was yeah. pretty, you know, when I, I was around Rodman, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, whoa, you know, this is freaking, this is the worm, man. It's the I mean, worm. Is, yeah. yeah, that's right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I told you that, you know, I didn't grow up and, and have a healthy respect for what Patrick Ewing did. He's on the dream team. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, he's, He's one of the you know, mean, what one of your fifty greatest players of all time on that list. I mean, I mean, he's in Space Jam. And- yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was kind of my yeah. introduction to Patrick Ewing as a six year old. Is like, why'd this guy just shoot the ball over the basket? And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's yeah. Patrick better get it together a little bit, or well, uh, yeah, head coach at Georgetown too much I, longer. I think you can already see how that'll end up going, but yeah, um, and he just may be best suited from a NBA assistant standpoint too, from a, sure. uh, a basketball, you know, scenario. So, uh, this one from Nathan Level, who is your MVP of the season on offense and defense for Texas Tech now that the regular season's <sighs> over. Man, that is so uh, such a great question, and it's really one that is hard to answer mm-hmm. because it was such by committee in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, golly, choice! I mean, <laughs> I, I think you have to say Tyree Wilson, even though he missed so. the last two games, just because he was simply your best player. Period. Yeah. But uh, man, that that defensive pass rush sure stepped up for you against Oregon. yeah they i did. mean yeah. they, they really did they got in the backfield when they needed to uh, you think think about overtime getting in in gabriel's face and and putting pressure yeah, on him getting if, that last sack yeah choice if, if it's not if it's not tyree i i have to say krishan merriweather just because sure. he was as steady and durable and available uh, every game this year. And he's one of the top guys as far as total tackles in the Big 12 Conference. So I'll, I'll give you 1A and 1B there for, for defense. Those are good on, off, on offense, uh, I, I would probably say to you uh, some sort of, I mean, Dennis Wilburn. Okay. <laughs> which is a bit off the radar. Sure. I think he kept the uh, – the offensive line took lots of bullets from a lot of people uh, this season. They were not very good at times. He was easily the best and most consistent player uh, all season there. Yeah. And I think they played him technically out of position. Uh, he's he's more naturally a guard, but he's also the one guy that could snap and call out the fronts and do the different things there. So, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll just probably – because. I can't, you know, I, I want to say recency bias would tell me, man, Tyler Shuck's been really hot lately, but he missed so much time. Sure. I don't think there's a wide out that you could point to Mm-mm. or, or and, and and you you look at Sir Roderick and Taj and it's like their numbers are almost even, yeah. you know, in the 600 plus yards range. They both had about six or seven touchdowns. I, I would probably say Dennis Wilburn uh, just because if you don't have him up front on that offensive line, it goes from very average to bad. And he was the glue that kept that whole thing together, you yeah. know, and it, he's responsible for all the, of all the tempo that you do. I mean, he, that, that, that all falls on him, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. This guy's a walk on that. I mean, Hey, yeah. And that, you're, that has done everything 
yep. you could have ever asked out of him. And he has been as much of a anchor to that offensive line um, yep. as Coach McGuire and Hamby could have asked for. But, um, well, that's going to wrap things for us level as we're, we're kind of out of time here. But we will – it's been fun through the regular season, lots of ups and downs, more ups than downs, uh, but we're going to continue this podcast on uh, throughout the the year for you guys, and uh, we'll keep rolling. We'll talk a lot of bowl game opportunity next week. Yeah, and ne- next week it'll be fun because you'll have uh, you'll have your 13th game uh, all locked up and assigned, yep. and you know maybe it's Orlando on December the 29th against uh, an ACC team. That's the Is way that it looks. Is that your hope? Yeah, I think so. That, that's I probably so, what too. I would hope for. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if I was being honest, I, I really hope for the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. Because if you've ever been to the Alamo Bowl, that mm-hmm. – and I think you would have a uh, – you're a ton of fans there. True. And 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 Final Fours and bowl games are meant to be played in the Alamo Dome. The the, the scene, the setting, the, the proximity of everything, it's yep. perfect. Yeah. No it doubt. is absolutely perfect. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's not, if it's not, but I think they'll take Texas who's uh, got a, you know, an eight win season. Agreed. And, and they, even though I think they've been there the last, uh, three of the four last or last four years or whatever, but I know we're running out of time, but anyway, but yeah, that, I, I guess, uh, you know, San Antonio or, or Orlando look, looks good to me. Level enjoy your week. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Keep hope alive. Woodman. He's Chris Level. I'm Choice Woodman. It's been the Ask Level Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3. You've been listening to the Ask Level Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.